I'll go tally the votes. Tally, tally what votes? What are you talking about? All right. Once the votes are read, the decision is final. The person voted out will be asked to leave the tribal council area immediately. And will what are you the doing? Fourth member of our jury. What are you talking about? Read the Bri- votes. Brian. First, first vote. I didn't. Matt. Who voted? Second vote. Matt. I didn't. There's not two people to vote. I didn't Third vote. Do any, why are Matthew. you still reading? Fourth Brian. vote. Mr. Rodenberg. No, I'm not a part of this, Brian. Fifth vote. MCR. Matt, that's enough votes. I have to ask you to bring your torch. I don't have... Where did this torch... How did you put this in here? What are you doing, Brian? Matt, tribe has spoken. How? What? Who are these... What? No, hey, Brian! What? Stay tuned for scenes from our next episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to TV Guys, the show where you don't have to worry about being exposed to a big, fat, gay, naked man. I'm Matt. I'm Brian, and I don't think you. I don't think I. I don't think I would ever expect you to have to say that on the show. No, I have to. <laughs> I'm exposed to that all the time. I didn't mean to ha- have both big and fat. Like he's not that big of a guy. Like he's no. big. He's bigger than I am, but there's bigger, especially I by mean, the end of the season. Well, I mean, he's probably the biggest one on that particular season. And, like, especially the early 2000s where Thin was in. True. And so any girl that they got is like, uh, they, she has to be a size 8 or smaller. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter yeah. the age. Like, you know, Sonya was nice and thin as well all the way down to Colleen. Yeah. So I have watched this full season. It's been a, it's been a couple of years, but I mean it's been fresh in my mind. So Matt, I think we both didn't watch this season live, right? You said we both started with season two back in the day. Correct. Yep. Uh, so, Australia was my first exposure <laughs> to Survivor. Yep. So have you ever picked someone you'd root for on the very first episode of a season of Survivor, and that person goes on to win? Rupert. No, he didn't win. He no, won a he won a, cho- a People's Choice Award later. Yep. Season three, I rooted for Ethan because I liked the curly hair. That's the only reason I picked him, and he won. You, oh, that's right. He was season three. I was thinking of season two. I'm like, no, that was Tina, right? Yeah. I look at me remembering stuff. Tina and Colby. You yeah. never forget your first season of Survivor. I almost said actually, lost. you don't. Like, I was super into into Survivor. So obviously, I was aware of season one pretty early on, and I always knew that Richard won. So then going back before I saw the season, there was this like VHS compilation that I rented and it was, it wasn't full episodes. It was like a compressed, like here's a slight version of the season kind of thing. And that's the first thing I saw. Yeah. And I remember I was still in high school and I was determined to be fair. I'm like, I'm, I know Richard wins, but I'm going to choose who I think I would have rooted for if I didn't know. And so I was, in quotes, rooting for Sean, the doctor, because I just picked, I always pick someone randomly at the beginning. And then when they get voted out, then I pick a new person. So by the time, sometimes I end up rooting for the winner, but it's like my third or fourth choice by then. So, so Sean, okay. I'm sorry. Did I cut you off in the middle of your story? Cause I feel like, I no, that's pretty much it. I was like, but I was so determined to make it fair. I'm like, even though I know who wins, I can't just be like, Oh, I'm rooting for Richard. 
Sean is a character, like, we're just jumping in and we'll start yeah. with him. That drives me nuts, not because of his personality, but because of his strategy. And, like, having seen other better strategies in Survivor in hindsight, like, yeah. to see him play the way he does, I'm like, you're not even playing the game. You're just throwing darts at a board and you're letting these other people who are actually playing the game win. And, like, you're just detracting. Like, I like to root for underdogs, and so I knew going in, Richard won. And so I'm like, no, there's got to be some yeah. way they're going to undo this. And so, like, yeah, I'm rooting for the Pagong tribe to somehow undo this alliance that's been there since the very beginning. So that it was hard for me in this season to, like, want to root for anyone that wasn't, like, like it was hard for me to root for that alliance, any of those four, even though I knew that those four made a long way. I forgot yeah. that Kelly made it like to the final two. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, cause it's the thing is that they're, they're like the most known because they went so far and yeah. like, they're the ones. And like, it was mainly, if I remember correctly, wasn't it Richard who was the one who's like, we should just all vote together because it's a numbers game. Yeah. Wasn't I it? mean, he, he really was the one who introduced that and no one else did anything until maybe like Greg and Gervais kind of f f flirted with that idea that like, yeah. Hey, we're outnumbered. This is our one shot. And still like they couldn't get the other Pagongers to join them. No. Cause I mean, and, and it, this is where it was all about like not watch survivor. People know it's all about strategy. You can have your friendships, but it's yeah. all about the numbers and stuff back then, especially. And we'll get to this when you get to the final three challenge it was like you vote against somebody you're friends with. How dare you? Yeah, and, and like that—that's it's so dumb to watch that versus other seasons because like mm -hmm. Kelly, you could tell felt so bad for the times that she wavered with that because like she did vote for Rich at one point. Mm -hmm. Richard could have gotten voted off in the middle of like the the merger, like probably three or four people in um, yeah. when there is six or seven left, they could have voted rich because she was wavering and she actually voted for him. And yeah. so like, if only Sean didn't do his stupid alphabetic voting, then yeah. that game would have gone to, I honestly think if that would have happened, Greg would have made it to the final two. Cause he was the only one outside of that alliance that actually started using strategy that we saw. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting also is in future seasons. So, um, okay, cut. I'm going to cut the number of future appearances for trivia, unless you have one, because I thought that could, that could be a good one. How many? I, I had a, I had a trivia about, oh, um, like, cause Colleen ended up being in a big budget movie after yeah. this. Yeah. And asking okay. him to name the movie. Oh yeah, I know that movie. All right, so then I won't. I'll, I'll cut this discussion out. So a number of the people from this season appeared in in um, future seasons, and the first big time they did returning players was season eight, which was All Stars. And out of that one from this season, Richard, Rudy, Suhawk, and Jenna all appeared in that season. But because everyone had a target on their back who went far, guess who made it the farthest out of those four? Jenna. Yeah, Jenna made it into the final four of Survivor All-Stars. I mean, and Richard in that season, too, was was all cocky like he was here. Like, oh, I'm going to win. Bye-bye. You're all going to leave. And then, of course, he gets – I think it was fourth or fifth that he got voted out. Yeah. Because there's another There's another guy that was like, I'm the devious one, and, like, his crap didn't fly with anyone. I can't remember who that was in that mm -hmm. season. 
Yeah. Do you do you remember who it was? Like there was someone who like they were like the first one of the first couple ones voted out. Um, that one wouldn't have been Tina Rudy. Um, oh, you're thinking of uh, Rob Sesternito. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, who underrated player in in Survivor Amazon? We're gonna get back to this year's Survivor in a minute. <laughs> he was the final. He was the the final three. He he was third place. He. Um, was a great strategist and he very nearly won. And he, again, went in there with a big target on his back. You think of Boston Rob as having a big target on his back going into all-stars his first season, he didn't even make the jury. <laughs> he was a, he was a big name because of all-stars not going into it. And now um, not Boston Rob, but Rob Sesternino actually has like the survivor podcasting empire where he it's actually that's his full-time job. He's a podcaster of I'm not Jeez. just Survivor, but other things too. And like every season of Survivor, for every episode, he has like three or four episodes of podcast episodes he does every week for the season of Survivor. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a lot of commitment to Survivor. Yeah. I watch Survivor, then I watch three to four episodes or listen to three to four episodes about that episode. Yeah, uh, well, there are people, I mean, especially like the cast of Survivor, like they're all that level of fan. And he always that's his full time job. It's like you get paid every day to do that because he has Patreon and sponsors and stuff. But it makes sense. Like that's a 15 minutes of fame. And especially if you don't win the million dollars or even if you do, because like you, you lose a bunch in taxes unless you <laughs> don't pay them and go to jail. And yeah. uh, then after you lose that bunch in taxes, like it's easy to blow through it. And it's like this is something you can do to make money for the rest of your life. If you can like find people who be like, yeah, I want this guy who is technically a celebrity. You know, I actually met a guy who went to the church who uh, I went to for a while, who was nearly on survivor um, Australian Outback season two. He was one where they offered him to be the spot, but he would have lost, even though there's always like a minimum amount you're going to make this much, even if you're first voted out and it goes up from there. Yeah. But He's because he would have had to leave. He was in the construction or some kind of construction or business like that. He would have lost more money from his business than he would have if he gotten on the lower ends of it. So he decided not to go. Gotcha. Um, our so brag alert we've had a guest on our show, Jeff, um, for different Star Wars episodes. He yeah. has a um, a web show called Elijah fire that we've promoted when he's on. He yep. actually has had um, a survivor uh, from the show on his, on Elijah fire. I can't remember what her name is. I've told you about her. Do you happen to remember who it was? What season was it? On? I don't what, man, I'm not going to remember this season. If I don't remember or, the name or anything about it, like did she go far? Was she a winner? Runner I don't up? think she was that far. Um, I'm just looking kind of through his, through the episodes and seeing if I see a name that stands out to me. I might be able to tell you where they were if I know the name, because I don't know every single name, but I know most of them. Man, here I am, just this humble brag name drop. And it's like, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here it is. It's got it. Uh, you, it's not even a number name, but I guess name. Like, I know somebody else who has met a celebrity. 
That was the lamest name drop in all of history. Well, you didn't drop the name. Exactly. Fine. I still don't you, even know. You know who oh, else he's interviewed? Shark Girl. Okay. What's the actor? No, I'm sorry. Lava Girl. It's Shark Boy. Shark Lava Boy. Girl. Lava Girl. You didn't even get he's, the movie right. I, I'm bad at this. I'm stupid about <laughs> stuff, guys. I've only spoken English for 35 years. All right. Give me a break. Yeah. All right. We're, I don't even know where we left. I don't What's know. I mean, on? you recently watched the season. So do you want to go like chronologically from the beginning or just talk about it as a whole? Um, I don't think I could go chronologically from the beginning. I, I think there's like a couple things. I remember early on. Um, well, I, I just got it, the list of names uh, pulled up from Survivor or like that, Wikipedia page. There, there was the one vote once where it's like um, – it was like the, the votes were four and one and one and one and one. I think that was like right yeah. after the merger. Yeah. It was because like the lines voted together. Everyone else voted for some other random person. Well, it was half of a good strategy, but not really. Because, okay, back then, the if the tiebreaker was, if there was a tie, was anyone who had previous votes before them in previous travel councils that would go towards it. So, Pagong's strategy was let's give all of them a vote so they all have in case there's a tie, not realizing that doesn't work when you're all voting different people. They all just get one vote and everybody else voted together. It just doesn't I mean it's like I get where you're coming from, but you have to actually get someone voted out first. Like if you had three of them and then you split the rest of the votes to try to do that, that might be okay. But it's just they didn't think it all the way through. Yeah, uh, there's a lot that they didn't think through, man. It's like it's really funny to watch Survivor season one and then think back to Survivor season two because I remember when when Australia came out, like it felt polished. There's a lot of like really good ideas, and I go back to season one. I'm like, wow, there's a lot that like they needed to work out the kinks, and not just the survivors themselves, but also like the games and the hosts mm -hmm. and everything. And so yeah. like they really did learn from their mistakes, and they took what they had in season one that worked, mm -hmm. and then they added the rest of the things that worked, and they elevated it. And from season two on, it felt really strong. And then the season three, like they add the twist or just a tribe swap even early on. And so yeah. like they've, they've added good stuff over the years, but it's like season one going back later is just, it's rough to watch. Yeah. There's definitely different eras in survivor. And I think I honestly would put one through eight. I mean, just wrapping it up with all stars. The first time I ever did that, that I think is what I would call early classic survivor. And I mean, I don't know. I don't have it off my head. What all the different brackets would be. But you can definitely see the game evolving over time. Challenges like early on challenges were stand, stand here and you know mark your squares around around you. So you whereas now it's like jump in a lake and swim a mile, then do a puzzle and swim down and un, un tie a ball from the ocean and then make a basket in the basketball hoop. But it's just it's way more elaborate now. How'd you guys make an escape room outdoors? I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and even now, so now Survivor is is in one spot. They, they've for I think the last ten years or so, they used to go all over the place. They went to China, Micronesia, Australia. Now they have like their own specific setup. So you can, if you watch, it, you can see like, oh, this is the beach. There's like the same couple beaches they use for the tribes, the the same locations for the challenges. But that allows them to have more of a permanent setup. And it's like they have their yeah. challenge team that's been there the whole time. The producing team that's been there. There's a, a lot of them besides Jeff Probst who've been there, if not from the very beginning, from then from a very long time. 
Yeah. I mean, like that makes sense from production's side of like, yeah, you're doing this all the time. Why not? It's like summer camp. Have they yeah. ever had a season where they went to a cold climate? No, no. That would um, be interesting. I've heard that before. That would be interesting. But part of their ratings is, hey, let's get attractive people in climates where they're hot and will want to wear less clothing. Listen, they'll still want to wear less clothing in the winter if you do it right. Okay, well, you, you go. You go talk to Mark Burnett. That's a perfect response. Just, just complete dismissal. All right, Matt. Okay. I mean, anything, anything's possible. Um, here's one thing that I did want. I it's kind of like jumping the gun because it's the late stuff. So I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but. It's so impressive. I didn't remember that Kelly went on this tear at the end of the season and yeah. won like all these challenges back to back. Because like I remember Ethan, no, not Ethan, uh, Colby. Like yeah, Colby he was cleaning run. up in two. Did was there someone in three that won like a bunch of challenges back to back as well? Not in three. When I think of challenge beasts, I mean yeah, Kelly Wigglesworth, Colby, Tom Westman, Ozzy was a big one. Uh, I think there's a couple other ones that I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean that because that is a strategy is to win out challenges but the the danger there is if you're winning too many immunity challenges and you're not able to be voted out then the second you lose one you risk this them being like okay now's our chance we got to vote them out yeah or the other side of it too like and i feel like that actually worked in kelly not to kelly's favor where like i think richard won. well we can get into this of like why richard won over kelly and there are yeah. the two things, and I think one of them for sure is Richard was upfront about his stuff, whereas Kelly didn't know the game she yeah. was playing. So mm-hmm. she yes. did backstab accidentally and not realizing that that was part of what the game was. Yeah. And so it felt hypocritical. But like when you look at the broader scheme of Survivor, it's yeah. really not. <laughs> well, and at the end, I mean, the brilliant move, and I actually talked about this on the podcast with the final three is because Richard knew because it was him and Rudy and Kelly. He knew that Rudy was going to win over either of them. If Rudy gets to the finals, he wins. And Richard himself would be able to separate friendship from strategy and say, okay, you know what? If I have to vote out Rudy, I have to vote out Rudy. But he knows that the jury will not be okay with that. And that will be seen as such a betrayal. That they would not vote him out. So that's why Rich voluntarily got out of that last challenge because he knew that, if he was the one to vote out Richard, he doesn't win because he doesn't get the votes. He was putting, I mean, a pretty safe bet that Kelly, who's like 50 years younger than him and Rudy and is a good challenge beast, would be able to beat him in the challenge. That way Rudy gets off of the jury without him having to be the bad guy to do it. It's kind of a brilliant move. Yeah. I He obviously didn't say that in the show, so he must have yeah. said that later. I think he said that later. And also, I mean, watching it, I mean, it's just – there's no other reason why you would voluntarily leave. And I mean, because if you win, you guarantee yourself into the finals. Yeah. Yeah. He, what he was saying when Jeff was asking about it in the actual challenge, because I, I watched this yesterday was mm-hmm. he's like, kind of gave some cockamamie of like, you know, I know I've got like 50, 50. I just know that both of them mm-hmm. or not. No, but I feel confident that either way, they're going to select me over the other person. And then yeah. Rudy was kind of like upset about that. I was like, well, you, I thought you were going to be up here and taking me and I'll have to do all the work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's also true. Cause he knew that Rudy has a loyalty that Rudy would take him and Kelly would take him because Kelly, like Richard knows that Rudy can't sit in that finals. If anyone else is going to have a chance. See, I didn't think Rudy was all that liked. 
you know, apart from like the, you, you respect him. Cause he, you know, he played a very honest game. Yeah. He didn't lie to people. He was just, this is what I'm about. But I think that's what the jury would have liked. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good call. Cause even um, like the, against the, he was against the Bagong because he was in the Alliance, but he wasn't particularly nasty to them. So, well, okay, real quick before I ask you that. So the other thing I was saying, like, there's the two reasons why I think people voted for Rich over Kelly. And the first one was, you know, he was who he said he was. But the second one, I think there was a little bit of this underdog thing with Kelly, where it's like they got just sick of her winning all these challenges. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to vote for this person. She just was kicking all those sorts of butts. So this is what mm-hmm. she gets. I really think that that factored into play for someone like Sean. And did I think Greg also voted for it. Greg did like a numbers thing. Maybe his was just all random. I I, I think he's came out and said that he he was going to vote for Rich no matter what and just do the number thing just to make him sweat. Because, I mean, that's, that's kind of brilliant like mental torture to Kelly to be like, if I had just picked a different number, I would have won a million dollars. Yeah. I, I, I mean, whether that's canon or not, I don't know. But that's my thought is that he just said that knowing he's going to vote for Richard. Yeah. And so I I could have seen it going the other way if Kelly was there and not from winning all that sort of all that time that she might have gotten his vote. So I think that swayed those two votes mm-hmm. and and freaking. OK, so here I'll, I'll ask this. Then we can talk about some other big moments because there's a couple bigger biggie still. Um, yeah. Do you feel like the right person won in this season? I do, because in this season, he was the one who had a strategy from the very beginning and it it worked and they had the chance to vote him out because he was and they just didn't they they could have gotten together and even um like sue richard and kelly i don't think they even really thought too much about what happens when we're down to the four because whenever you're in an alliance you have to be think okay what you can say all day long yeah we're we're four strong or six strong and once we get to uh, us then we're going to fight it out well at that point one of you is going to be the bottom of that alliance if you make it to the end yeah, and uh, Rich even said at one point that like his first alliance was with him and Sue, and then mm-hmm. Sue said, "No, I'm not going to do that with the final two. And so then that's when he went to Rudy and said, "Okay, you and me, final two. Yeah, that, that's what he said towards the end of the the game and at tribal yeah. council, the jury. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're looking at just memorable players from the season, it's it's easily Richard, Sue, and Rudy. Yeah. Because Suhawk had that, like, she was billed as, oh, I'm the every woman. I'm the, wasn't she a truck driver? Yeah. I think. She was. I'm the truck driver from Wisconsin. I'm a truck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to yeah. drive through Chicago every day. Yeah. That sounded more like Rudy, actually. <laughs> and it almost seemed like she thought that she deserved the money because she was, like, a blue collar every person who wasn't rich. Yeah. Which I don't like that. I don't like saying, oh, well, I, I deserve to win. You should let me win. I find it funny though, like hearing some of the stuff in the voting, like her speech that she had about rats and snakes mm-hmm. that like, I think that directly, cause they said it when they were voting, I think that directly caused Jervis and Jenna to vote for Kelly because mm-hmm. like, just as a response of like, that is a terrible thing. That's super rude and mean and well, awful. It's not, it's not only the, the rats and snakes. What she says is, if you were lying like dead or dying in a ditch, I would not give you a drink of water. Like, really? This is a game. I, I get yeah. it's a game for a million dollars, but I mean, it's it's a game. Yeah. It's like, you lied too. What are you talking about? 
like the all four of them. Well, not Rudy. I don't think Rudy lied unless like well, maybe he said there was no alliance because I think that was their big lie was for a long time. No, there's no alliance. What are you talking about? But uh, I, I, the three of the four of those definitely had their duplicitousness yeah. and they were going back and forth with different things. And they all said stuff that were yeah. really mean and betrayal. But again, that's in the nature of the game. Yeah. It's also wild with this show because this is season one. They were still getting their getting Survivor figured out. So there's only two seasons, this this one and one more that I'll talk about in a minute, where they actually read the votes right there at the Tribal Council. Because every other season, they vote everything, and then they Jeff Probst makes some sort of speech like, all right, I'll see you in L.A. And because that was filmed, that was filmed months ago from when they're airing it, and then we cut to live, and everyone's all dressed yeah. up nice. And they say, all right, everyone's been waiting here. With that one, they just voted it. They showed the votes right there. At the, mm-hmm. at they hadn't done that yet. The only other time was I don't know if you saw this. It's sometime in the in one of the season thirties in the thirties, where uh, it was an even number jury and it actually was a final three. Two of the people got it was a, it was a tie. It was a straight up tie um, for the votes. And so they've read that. And actually, what happened there was the third person in the final three, because later on it becomes a final three, who didn't get any votes. They got to cast the one final vote. They become like the ne- the last jury member they cast the deciding vote. And then wow. that one vote was wait was waited till live. Do, do you think that um the news of Richard winning was leaked at all? I don't know. It's it's very possible. Cause I could I'm, see that being a cause. I'm like, oh we can't do this again. Yeah. I think well, it was season three too that they did it where it's like Cause they did the, they did the like, okay, now we're back in LA and we're going to make a big deal about it or whatever. And then one of the seasons early on, they acted like they weren't doing that. And they acted like they were still in that oh, yeah. location. Yeah. And then the, he read all the votes. Cause I remember sitting there like, Oh, they're going to actually read it here. They're not going to be like, Oh, we're going to make you wait. And then they announced it. And it's just like, all these lights go up in the audience. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you made these people dress in the same exact clothes that they had yeah. and don't wear any makeup and don't shower. Yeah. Et cetera. My favorite is when like Jeff takes the votes, gets on a jet ski and then it cuts to him on a jet ski in the same outfit as if he jet skied across the country. He across did. The world. He crossed the ocean. He's like Nemo's dad. Yeah. I mean, and we all know that's, that's, that's not what's happening. It's just, it's just fun when they, when they do that. Um, other way, there's one. There's a tribal council. This was the, the the final six of season 31. This was another returning season. Did you ever see this one where Jeff actually? It was in the finale because the the finale, like caught like the last six people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jeff actually got out a whiteboard and explained the like as if it was like a football play. What was happening? Did you ever see that? No. So, okay. I'm going to explain it. Just imagine Jeff Probst like writing on a whiteboard of these people. So, right, Hold so, on, yeah. before you do, yeah. you're explaining Jeff Probst explaining something on Survivor yes. to everyone else. Yes. This is double man mansplation here. Exactly. So they say, all right, this person won immunity. All right, right, right away, they're safe. What happened was all the votes were for one of two people, and both of those people went up and played, played hidden, hidden idols. So then there was no valid votes. So then um, those two people became safe. And then everybody goes and votes again. And it's a tie 
for two out of the three people who are safe. And I guess survivor rules say that if there's a deadlock tie, then it's it's like they're not choosing a winner. So then um, either everybody has to come to like a vocal consensus on one of those people to vote out, or those people are also now safe, and would mean which would mean that you know the person who had the immunity idol is safe, the two people who played the idols are safe, the two people who have votes and they were deadlocked would have been safe. Being that last person who didn't get any votes, that entire tribal council would have gone home by default. But they got, they all agreed to send um, one of the people from the second round of the tie who did not play an idol, but was still deadlocked tie. They went home because everyone else agreed. All right, we're going to vote this person out because we have to. It was a wild tribal council. And at that point, Dwight felt comfortable revealing that he was, in fact, a double agent as well. Yeah, it, it has that kind of feel. <laughs> Jeez. But that well, actually did happen once. Okay, and then one more. Sorry, one more. It's called Advantage Geddon around Survivor fandom, where they get to Survivor. It's a Survivor returning season again. This all happens there. Where, again, enough idols were in play where it's, again, at the final six. Everybody put, I mean, the one person had the immunity idol. Everybody else got up and played immunity idols for themselves where there was only one person who could get votes. And that person... Again, not only did they not get any votes that entire tribal council, but they made it to the final six without getting a single vote cast against them the entire game, and they're voted out by default without actually getting any votes against them. Well, there you go. This is okay. My survivor nerddom is coming out, but isn't this? I mean, this is the stuff that makes it interesting. That is. Um, I'm sorry. I. I heard everything you said and I listened to your explanation, but I just realized I could have searched to find that name that I was trying to name drop earlier on. <laughs> um, it's Anna Kate. Anna Kate. Oh, season 32. That's what you said on there. Yeah. Yep. That's what they said. Season 32. Uh, it was, I forget what it's called, but it was one of the brain versus brawn versus beauty. Which one was she? I think she was. I think she was a beauty. Well, good. One of those you won't wouldn't want to be as a woman. I know. Yeah. Brains, exactly. Yeah, I, I was gonna make a joke as to which one would be worse, but yeah. But I mean, it's it's weird because obviously not like everybody on the brains and bronze tribe were ugly either. They should have been. They should have just been disfigured before they got there. <laughs> this is getting dark. <laughs> This is reality. This is your reality now. Um, all right. Well, that's a lot of stuff that we've got. Let me look and see if there's oh, anything. Sorry. If we're talking before we go back, uh, one more thing is, is interesting. There was a, one more season where um, it was called Island of the Idols, where there was a secret idol island where Boston Rob and Sandra were not playing the game. They were there as like advisors, and every now and then somebody would would have to go to the Island of the Idols and no one knew what that meant. It was like Exile Island, but it would, they would go there and just talk with Rock, Boston, Rob and Sandra for uh, get advice about the game. And then they made a secret like balcony box for them to watch the tribal councils when no one knew they were there. So they were sitting up there like Sattler and Waldorf just commenting um, on the tribal council live. Makes sense. Yeah. Survivor got weird later on. It did. I was just like, oh, the one, the one time. Okay. Back so, to Borneo. 
Back to Borneo. Um, yeah. I was just looking at some voting history too because we talked about like how uh, Kelly voted for Rich at one point. I was wrong. She voted for Sean on the yes. vote that Jenna went home. She voted for Sean, and so the vote was four to three to one. That yeah. if she would have voted for Richard, it would have been a deadlock tie. And if Sean would not have done his um, his Alphabet. alphabetical, then there would have also been a tie three for Jenna, three for Richard. So. That's where that's where that break came from. Mm-hmm. My bad, y'all. Yeah, but um, I don't know if there's other stuff apart from like there's just some games too. Like I was talking about how season two got better, but it's like things happened in season one. I'm like, oh, that was it for the game. It's like yeah. the, the roast food challenge. Eat one worm. Okay, yeah. that's it. Well, you know, that one, um, Jervis was the one that lost it for their tribe because he couldn't eat it. Yeah. Jervis came back in season 27 and actually he made it. He was the runner up, but they, they, they brought back that same thing and they said, all right, Jervis, 26 seasons ago, you couldn't eat this or can you eat it now? And I forget if you did or not, but like, yeah. no, I still can't. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Challenges. Some challenges are really interesting to watch, but honestly, they're the least interesting part of it to me. I'd much rather be watch um like strategy and the talking at camp and figuring out the votes and and all of that that's way more my jam than the challenges for the most part i mean some of them are interesting and some of them are iconic but um yeah it's just it's not the best the best part for me i weirdly enough i like those challenges where they like tempt them with food you know it's like stay here for hours by the way here's a burger (laughs) crap like that well, then there's the famous one in Amazon where, um, and I guess, so they say they're all standing on these perches. And they, of course, they the two hot girls, Jenna and Heidi, were like, we'll take our clothes off if we get chocolate and peanut butter. And of course, Jeff Probst behind the scenes was like, get me chocolate and peanut butter. And they did. They stripped off everything and they jumped in. They they got off for peanut butter and chocolate. And there was one older guy, it's like an older, like 40-something-year-old school principal. Don't use the phrase, guy. they got off for peanut butter and chocolate when you talk about them disrobing. Okay, yes. Bad choice of words. <laughs> they got off of their purchase. There you go. But yeah, there's this like, you know, 40 year old, like wholesome married guy was like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. And he's like, he's looking straight down. Yep. Gosh, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know who, who it was, but it sounded like I heard like all these different girls, like after all these hot ones, like would pose for Playboy. Cause like, I remember seeing like this, where are they now sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls was like, do I pose for Playboy? Like all these other girls do. And I'm like, Ever, is that what you go to Survivor and then Playboy? That's your career trajectory. Not all of them, but some of them did. Well, Richard was, did, of course. But early, early Survivor, I'm not sure how many seasons it lasted, where they were legit celebrities. And this was like everybody was watching Survivor. You didn't have to ask, were you watching Survivor? What, what season are they still on? It was a big, like they, they aired after the Super Bowl, one of these early yep. seasons. And so these guys did have opportunities, which we'll get to later for trivia in the yep. mainstream. And I mean, you and I uh, might think differently about it, but I mean, posing for Playboy got is a way for opportunity, money, stuff like that. So they, they took it. Yeah. Uh, John um, from season three, I believe, who is a guy from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he came to our school because I grew up in Omaha. So he came to our school. Like he had like a circuit around the schools in Omaha. Him and another guy from that season, I can't remember who it was. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my bad name dropping today. But it was like a guy it. that was like voted out in like the first five or, or whatever. Are you sure it was in season four? Because season four it, had a couple of Johns. It might have been season four. He was gay too. I remember that. Oh yeah, there was um, a gay, there was a there was a gay John in Marquesas, which is season four. Okay, then that that would have probably been it. Season four, John Wick. Nope, that's not. <laughs> John Carroll. That sounds familiar. Ooh, look at you, John Carroll. Man, you and your memory. Gosh, it's really the earlier you get in Survivor, the more my memory sticks. I'm pretty certain that's him. Yeah. Okay. From Omaha. Did he ever pop back in? Uh, no, he 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 was a one-time player. Yep, Omaha, Nebraska. There he is. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So shout out, and I, I believe. I believe, I mean, actually, surprisingly, for as many seasons as they've had, there's not a ton of Survivor contestants who've passed away. But from this season, uh, Rudy and BB, I believe, are both dead. I mean, they were they were old at the time of the yeah the show. Mm-hmm. That, that was yeah. twenty some years ago. I yeah, know. I mean, Rudy lived into his nineties, I believe. He he seems like that. He's like the he seems the type of guy that would be like too stubborn to die. Like yeah. 150, and he's just like, no, I'm not doing it today. Yeah. Or like, you know, Jimmy Carter's 99. Yeah. Uh, but but Jimmy Carter looks 99. You yes. Know? I don't I don't know how, how old Rudy looked by the end, but like he's he was that Navy SEAL stubborn sort of guy. Like there's there's something admirable about that. Like you get <laughs> what you see is what you get with me. Yep. And then um, we haven't mentioned, so I meant, we mentioned the, the ones who came back for All-Stars and, and Jervis came back. And then Kelly Wigglesworth, the the uh, runner-up, she actually came back for season 31, which I believe is still a record for the longest gap between seasons because she was in season one and season 31. Yeah. Um, she is a char- – she's like by the end of the show or by the end of season one, I probably would have wanted her to win because I just have a lot of respect for someone who can just like win those challenges back to back to back. And especially yeah. when the target was on her head, that was like the start of her run was Kelly, you're going home next. And so she's like, I'm winning this. And then she didn't lose a challenge for the rest of the time and made it to the final two. Yeah. Knowing myself at the time, I would have absolutely been rooting for Rudy at the end. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Kelly. I'm thinking it's different now than when I yeah. was 12. I don't think I would have been. I think like some of his stuff that he said, like he's very on the nose. He's very just outspoken, says what he thinks. But some of his oh, yeah. outspoken stuff is like, eh, that's a little old school. Like some of the, yeah, like it, he says things that would not fly today. Like yeah. he says, um, like, yeah, I, I was watching a, a little, some recap videos today just to remind, remind myself of some, some clips and had him saying, well, you know, me and Richard are, are friends, uh, not and not in a homosexual way, that's for sure. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna tell my wife I was with a with a queer that went around bare ass half the time. I, yep, I can't say that anymore either. Apparently, people don't like when I say that about you. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll stop doing it. <laughs> this just took a weird. <laughs> Some some things like I'm like, hey, let me riff off of that. I'm like, eh, maybe there's some things we don't riff <laughs> off of. Yeah, but the stuff like, and it's like it was probably controversial then, but not to the point now. I mean, now 
it would be a whole thing of like censor it, get it off the air. Yeah. And all that. Cause you know, like the biggest controversy survivor has had probably is actually it was with Jeff Varner, who was on season two. He came back in that same season 31 mm-hmm. and he at tribal council outed another one of his cast members for being transgender. And it was a big thing. Like he knew. And then he told everybody at the tribal council and it was like, they stopped and they, they didn't even vote. They just all agreed. Yeah. You need to go. And he like accepted it and like left. But I still say they, they, they say he outed him to like millions of people. It's like, no, you didn't. You outed him to like six people and some crew members. CBS decided to air it to a million people. They didn't have to. Yes, that's true. But I mean, I, I think by then they they had lots of conversations and lawyer talks, and the person who was outed was like okay to that episode being aired. But still, it's like technically he he. I'm not I'm not saying it was good, but he outed him to maybe ten people. That that is a unique thing, you know. Yeah, like I. I, I can't I can't even imagine like just be like oh we're done playing the game like the reality breaking because like there's this reality that you immerse yourself in with Survivor and yeah. you do something that's like uh, by the way we're gonna stop and we're just gonna break it like uh, the one season I know this is a very different thing this is yeah. a actual like a physical victim of like where that Mike guy fell in the fire and had to be airlifted out because yeah. he got burnt up. Like just be like by the way we're not playing a game anymore. Um, this guy is like severe burns on his body. There's been a number of people who got medevac from, from survivor, but do you know the irony with, with Mike Scoopin, the guy you just talked about? Uh, yes, I think I do. Okay. Uh, he just got, he got arrested later on for not great things. And so it's like, Oh, well, okay. But before that became knowledge, he came back again in a season where they brought back three people who had been medevac and he made it to like the final three. I think he was, a, a, he didn't win, but he was a finalist. And then after he came back, that's when I mean Survivor's not going to bring him back now, obviously. What <laughs> Survivor Convicts Edition? Which is funny because in that season, I mean, again, not knowing what we know now, he was a pretty likable guy, and a lot of people, um, I think, were rooting him for him to for him to win. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have anything else about the rest of this season? Not about this season specifically. I mean, I, I went into this ex- in, intending to talk about this season of Survivor, and I probably mentioned like 10 other specific seasons of Survivor because that's just like I haven't Good talked job. about Survivor in a long time. So, oh, I remember this happened, this and this happened, but no, not yeah. specifically for this season. To me, of all the seasons I've seen of Survivor, this is the weakest because again, they had these things that they had to figure out, and there's like some other things that's like that was such a great moment. Those were great fights. That was a great dynamic and etc. Um, wasn't there like one in earlier seasons where it's like they had um, like, they couldn't have two people sitting next to each other in the reunion special. And it's like, or was that like Sue and rich? That was Sue and rich from this season in all stars, because okay. in all stars, there was the whole thing in one of the challenges. Um, this is right. This is right. When Richard went home, uh, Richard got voted out. He got naked just like he always does. And it was like a balance beam challenge where you're trying to go around. And he was just, was just naked, not like being inappropriate. At least he, well, he claimed he wasn't. And then the next tribal council or next, they went to the challenge. And even though Rich was gone, Sue had this outburst where she claimed that she was violated and harassed and humiliated because Rich 
she's claimed was like rubbing up against her during the time and she quit the game. And some people say that she was not like in the numbers within her tribe and she was like trying to save face. Other people say that she wasn't, I mean, obviously I'm not going to speak to how she felt, but yeah. then to save, to save it at the finale, they had, um, cause they sit in order that when they got voted out, they had her and, and, um, they had Rich Hatch and Rob, Rob Sesternino, the other guy we talked about, swap spots so that they weren't sitting next, sitting next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that and the, the thing, too, for those who, like, didn't see that challenge, because I remember it, too. It's like, you know, he did technically rub up on her, but, like, she was trying to get by him and that sort of thing. Like, I'm not going to make – I'm not specifically making excuses for Rich, and he yeah. shouldn't have done the whole thing without his clothes on anyway. Like, his whole thing was, I'm going to do all the challenges naked – just to like take what I did that one time and just yeah. like take it to that next level. And that was just a bad challenge to do it because of the yeah. closed nature's quarter of it. Plus yeah. he leaned into the like, Oh, ha ha ha. As she yeah. goes by, which is hundred percent his fault and not a good yes. thing to do. Exactly. And I don't think they allow you to do that during challenges. And especially I think if it's a contact challenge, you shouldn't be allowed to be naked. I think. Yeah, exactly. Cause there, there are some challenges where you're not, if you're all standing on, like I said, you're all standing on your perch in the ocean to see who can stand the longest, whatever, you're not touching anybody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. there, there's your context and make your own judgments. Yep. Or watch Survivor All-Stars because Survivor All-Stars would be one of my top seasons. It's one of my favorites. I mean, you said you said this wouldn't isn't great. I don't, I'd have to rewatch them and I don't know where this would land somewhere. I don't know, somewhere probably towards the bottom. Like it's okay. It's got a couple of memorable, memorable characters, a couple of good moments, but it would probably be in the bottom third for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all stars a lot. I also like Pearl Islands a lot. Yep. I mean, really anytime you got Rupert, like he's hands down my favorite survivor of any survivors I've ever seen. So yeah, but. he's not my favorite, but he's up there. Who is your favorite all time? Is it Boston Rob? No. Oh, you put me on the spot here. Actually, I'm going to go controversial. I'm going to say Rob Sesternino because I also listen, probably also because I, I listen, I used to listen to all of his podcasts. That's fair. I think but you probably would have a different answer for if he didn't have podcasts. It was just based on gameplay. You might, he might be up there, but not a, a player that I like that I like to hate is Johnny Fairplay. Yeah, he also had a podcast, not not I'm nearly sure as he much. Did. <laughs> yeah, gosh, because he's got one of the most famous moments as well with the dead grandma lie. Yeah, and of all, like it, it feels like such a stupid lie. Like it got him the reward or whatever, but like of all the things to lie about to be like your claim to fame, like the guy lies about everything else. Like, yeah. that's not that big of a lie. You're lying to these strangers, but like, yeah, feel bad for me. Yeah. Uh, or Ethan, Ethan Zahn from uh, the, the third season winner, because he's just a good guy, and he, um, he 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 started some nonprofit organizations, and he's he's uh, from oh, yeah. what I can tell, he's he's a, he's a cool guy. Good for him. Well done. He came back for the all winter season and did not do very well. <laughs> yeah, he was off first, wasn't he? No, he wasn't first, but he was like third or fourth in that season. He also came back from All Stars, and he. I think he made it farther than Richard, but he didn't. He was uh, before, before the merge. Then that's the thing. The Survivor All Stars. Anyone who was like big in their season or well known for their season went out early. All the yeah. people who lasted were like, with the, with the exception of Rupert, and that's because Rupert 
played back to back. Pearl Islands was right before All Stars, and so the players in the season didn't get to see any of All Stars play out. So we, as the audience, saw saw the previous seasons. They didn't. They they didn't see that at all. Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, I'm excited because I'm now done with season one and I can yep. move on to season two when I get back around to it. Right now I'm finishing up Goldberg's. I get to watch my favorite episode of Goldberg's next week because that's in season five. And we'll Which talk about Goldberg's, the dinner episode. Oh, they, 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 they go out to dinner? Yeah. That's, that's my cool. favorite, hands down. And it's it's surprising that it's not like an 80s nostalgia episode, but mm-hmm. it is so funny. It just And that just shows... George Siegel and Jeff Garland brought so much to the show and yeah. it was not the same when they left. Yeah. It's, it's a really impressive cast. Cause like all of them, like Adam's fine, but every other person is like top notch. It's so yeah. well, Erica, Erica is fine. Barry is great. Beverly's great. Uh, Murray's great. Um, Pops is great. Pops. That's what his name is. I was like, yeah. what's his name? Um, and then Jeff uh, goes up and down for me. Coach Miller is great. Even though he's he's only in for like half the show, then they replace him with his brother. Yeah. Um, and and then they replace him with actual Goldberg. The wrestler. Oh, oh that uh, I wonder if that's why they brought him in. <laughs> Maybe. We you know it's interesting. Okay. One little tidbit, then we'll then I'll then I'll, I'll save the rest for next time. So uh, you know, one of the members of, J- of Barry's group, the JTP, is called Naked Rob. And Naked Rob is played by Noah Monk, who before then was better known as Gibby from iCarly on Nickelodeon. And his whole thing in iCarly was he was the weird kid who would take a shirt off all the time and do like almost like almost like the kid from the Goonies. Like he would just be like that would be his thing. And I think he, I heard. Typecast. Well, I, I thought that he like he didn't come back. He um for the reunion they they offered it to him. He didn't want to come back. I thought he was trying to get away and be more like serious roles but then he goes on to the goldbergs and basically his character is called naked rob which for being called naked rob he's clothed a very good amount of time yeah they have to imply that he's naked i think it's the the thing is like anytime we don't see naked rob he's naked i think we're supposed to think but you're right he's not naked very much he's very even rarely like without a shirt on and he and he wears two shirts. He wears he has he always does the 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 button up over a t shirt. He's more clothed than the guys who are are not known as being naked. Rob. Oh, the final top notch character. I know that we're gonna have a Goldberg's episode in March. Yep. So just here's your heads up. Okay. But the other top notch character is Tim Meadows' character. But that's yeah. just because it's Tim Meadows and he's hilarious. Yeah. I think towards the end they used him a little bit too much. I think you're right, but also um, Stephen Tobolowski. He's he's really good because he's Stephen Tobolowski. His character as the sad sack wuss to Beverly isn't like oh this is top notch it's great, but he is a very good. Well, he makes he makes it top notch. This this show is like The Simpsons where there's like you have your family and you have such a wide variety of characters that come in all the time. Bill Lewis is really good. Oh yeah, the first time I don't hate a Dave Keckner character. See, I hate I hate Packer, of course. Yeah. But overall, I like Dave Keckner because he is that character actor where he's supposed to be obnoxious. Packer is just too far obnoxious yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I listened to Office Ladies had an interview recently with Zach Woods, who played Gabe on The Office, 
And obviously, you know that it's an actor, but it's even as listening to him, his voice just sounded like a different person. Like he's telling stories about acting like Gabe and telling stories about his life. And it's like, I feel like I'm listening to a normal, adjusted human being, which I would not be thinking if it was Gabe. But it just shows he's a really good actor at playing creepy because he seems normal now. <laughs> Stop talking about the sun. <laughs> I think they talk about that that moment. That's a top game moment for me. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've moved from Survivor to Goldberg's in office, yeah. of course. So why not? Um, but we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. So make sure you're listening to that. Let's jump yep. into trivia real quick. So uh, I don't remember exactly the question, but I asked that Andre Brower or how I phrased it. But Andre Brower was in a movie because we talked about Andre Brower and his unfortunate death uh, a couple months ago. And so we talked about the best moments he had on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And so he played a cop in another movie. And I don't know if I said it was like a Dennis Quaid movie and Jim Caviezel but he was in this other movie with them and that movie was called um, Frequency. If you have not seen Frequency, it's a fantastic movie. It is one of those that's like, it didn't get a ton of praise like when it was around not praise but like uh, recognition i think is a better term yeah. and they actually have a tv show called frequency now that i think was based off that movie but um jim caviezel like finds this old ham radio that belonged to his dad that his dad used to use and then because of some science mumbo jumbo wave your hand away explanation somehow he's able to actually talk to his dad back in the past and his hmm. dad died all these years ago when he was a kid. So it's him like reconnecting with his dad who had died through the use of this ham radio. And it's actually a really intriguing story. And it's really well done, um, especially between those two leads. So if you haven't seen it, go check out Frequency. It's really good. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It has um, J- Jim Caviezel's son in it is like a nine-year-old Michael Sarah. So probably his first role, honestly. Nice. And what do you got for trivia this week? This week, uh, we asked, uh, or we talked about a number of different survivors and the things that they went into later. And Colleen, I knew her before I watched this show because she was actually in a movie, a big budget movie following her uh, season on Survivor. So what was that movie that Colleen, not just like a cameo, but she was like a uh, a second or third billing. Yeah, female lead. There you go. Um, And uh, spoiler, it's not a good movie. Yeah, it's not great. But she's in it. (laughs) I mean, really. When she's the talent that you're getting and uh, the the lead actor is also the talent that you're getting, you can't <laughs> yep. know what movie, what sort of movie you're going to get. He so. is not, he is a uh, cameo supporting character. He's not a lead. No. Uh, Ed Azar's in it. Ed Azar's great. I haven't seen this movie in probably 20 years. I think I as well, but I just remember eh, Ed Asner. You're you're a great guy. And okay, before we end, since we're talking about previous episodes of trivia, I have a little bone to pick with you in front of all of our listeners. So, great. two episodes ago, we did our episode about best of 2023 TV, and because of scheduling, I spent a lot of that episode in a car, and so the audio, uh, I was piecing together audio because it's like, oh Matt, can you send me another chunk of my audio? And I was like lining it up with Matt's, making it work making it work. And I was like, I was missing a big chunk of my audio at the end. I said, Matt, do you have this last little chunk of my audio? I was, I was thinking I was going to have to cut the episode and have that last bit be lost and just record, re-record us doing trivia. And then after spending all that time, Matt's like, Oh, I actually have the file 
where it's just everything all on one easy to edit, not having to do any extra work file. Oh, that would have been helpful. So that actually easiest thing to do is for me to delete the other work I had done. I put that one in there, but because I was driving at different times, it was like, oh, you cut out, you cut out, you cut out. So I had to cut out those sections of the, of the recording. I had to listen to the whole thing again because Matt didn't give me the easy editing file till I asked for it at the end after doing all the work. Listen, I <laughs> gave you the files that were individual audio because those are easier to work with. Typically, yes, it's not usually. my fault you're driving during the recording of this episode. No, but, but I, I will... thought it would, I didn't think it would be missing big chunks of my audio. So instead of the fight, though, I mean, yeah, I gave, I jumped immediately to, well, you're yeah. wrong too, but I will <laughs> say, I'm very sorry for my <laughs> part okay. in that. I didn't think, once I realized, like, oh, wait, I could have the whole audio of this. <laughs> it was, the horse had already left the stable and run yeah. several miles. Um, I'm just giving you crap. So, I mean, by the time, and like, by the time you're listening to this, obviously you've heard the Andre Brower episode. As we're recording it, I still have yet to edit that one too. We'll get to it. Yeah. Don't worry. It's good. And it's in the past. You've already heard it in, unless you didn't listen to that episode. Well, it's also in the past for us too. We we recorded it already. That's crazy how time works. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. Okay. Well, we better let you go um, yep. because uh, I have to get to tribal council. So. All right. Until again? next time, again. Oh, that's right. You're the jury member now. I am. That's yeah. get voted out by a bunch of shadow people. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching. 